How are we doing this morning? Anybody plan on going swimming this afternoon? I'll take that as a no. Hey, guys, I'm Joe. We're going to be working together uh, this morning. I'm going to be leading you through some stuff. I uh, cannot wait to jump in this message. So excited that you guys showed up. You truly are the Marines of the Christians in our room this morning. So proud of you guys. Um, but let's go to God in prayer this morning as we jump in together today. Lord Jesus, we want to come before you this morning. God, we want to give this time to you. We ask that you take over the service, that you would speak and no one else. Lord, we thank you. So I head up the uh, student ministries here at Three Timbers, and uh, I have an opportunity every once in a while. Jeff throws me a bone and lets me preach every once in a while. Um, so I figured I'd do that today with you guys. Um, I know we just got through the holiday. I know we just got through Thanksgiving, but I wanted to go back to that. And this morning, we are going to be talking a little bit about giving thanks. That's where I want to land this morning. But before I talk, uh, one thing that I love to do in our youth groups, I love to get our kids talking. So I wanted to give you guys the chance to experience dialogue like we do in our youth group. So you're going to find a group of three to four people. That's very important. Find three to four people. And all you're going to be doing is just talking about a few things, a couple of things that you are thankful for. All right, so I'm going to give you about three minutes to do this. Find three or four people, preferably around you. Get together in a little group and talk about a few things that you are thankful for. Pretend like it's Thursday all over again. All right, let's do it. All right, we're going to take about one more minute. It's a really fast three minutes. And we're at the 30-second mark. Time to bring it in for a landing. And let's bring it on back to the front. When you work with teenagers, you have to give them a lot of warning. So you have to give them a one minute heads up, 30 seconds, 10 minute heads up. You're giving them many chances to hear what you're saying. So I'm all about giving people many, many warnings. Now, one of the other things that we love to do in our youth groups is I love to hear the answers that were given, but I'm not so interested in what you said. I'm more interested in what you heard because we always try to teach our teenagers to listen more than they talk. So from your groups, what were some things that you heard people were thankful for? Anybody brave enough to raise a hand? My wife, excellent job. What's up, Afton? That 
That's, that's wonderful, I tell you what. Sasha is grateful for his parents allowing him to live with them. That's excellent, excellent stuff. Anybody else? Something that you heard people are thankful for? Yes, yeah, Sarah? Family? Absolutely, absolutely. Anyone else? We'll do one more if we got it. Jeff? Absolutely, absolutely. We go around the table um, at Afton's house with her family, and we go around the table at my house with my family, and maybe you guys do the same thing on Thanksgiving on that Thursday, but you share things that you're thankful for. Sometimes you have to drag it out of them. Sometimes people don't want to give answers, uh, but nonetheless, we try to do that every single year. Uh, and I put together a short list of things that I'm thankful for this year. Um, Afton, my wife, very thankful for her. My families, um, both the Messiah side, her family, and my side, the Slaybaugh family. My house, the fact that I get to live in a house, that's a very big deal for me. Um, my job, uh, it's great that I get a paycheck every once in a while. I really appreciate that. And for whatever reason, it was told to me last week, but I guess I'm very thankful for Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> I found that out last week. I don't know if you guys were here last Sunday, but Pastor Jeff prophesied over me that I was going to love Hallmark Christmas movies as he repeated it many, many times in his sermon last week. Um, never really watched one. Tried watching one with Afton this week. I really don't like them, but I, I feel like I'm going to get there. I really feel confident that I'm going to get there. It's a good thing that we give thanks. It's a really good thing that we are thankful. It's a good thing to do. I'm so glad that you guys are gonna do that. And we take a day off every year to reflect and celebrate Thanksgiving. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a biblical thing. As a matter of fact, if you look in Ephesians chapter five, verses 19 through 20, it says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, you guys may be familiar with this one. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Being thankful, being grateful are good things. They are biblical things. We should be doing that on a regular basis and having a day to celebrate thankfulness, thanksgiving, having a chance to get around, have some turkey, try to stay awake afterwards, watch some football, enjoy one another as a family and friends. That's a great, great thing. But sometimes, sometimes I have to back up maybe, I don't know. But sometimes, what if there's nothing to be grateful for? I'm not sure if you've ever been in that situation, but sometimes, what if you ask yourself the question, I have nothing to be grateful for. Where can I be thankful in this circumstance or this situation? I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. You see, I had a friend, still do, um, his name is Chad, and Chad and I got to know each other a little bit in college. He was a little bit ahead of me, um, but we really got to know each other better a few years after college. Chad was on the basketball team. I went to Grace University, very small school, now defunct, it's kind of sad. But when I was going there, he was on the basketball team. He was a great guy, had a big smile, really athletic guy, um, a lot of fun to be around. Chad was the life of a party. And I got to catch up with him a few years later. We didn't know each other too well in college, but we caught up a few years later. And what was going on in Chad's life, things had changed dramatically for him. When he was a senior in college, Chad was diagnosed with MS. At the time, he was engaged to his now wife. 
and they weren't sure what they were going to do. You see, his senior year in college, Chad had to step off of the basketball team because his condition was not allowing him to play. I'm not sure if you know too much about MS, but it's a progressive disease. And for Chad, it was something that he was losing control of his body from time to time. And it was becoming more and more difficult for him to work, more and more difficult for him to move sometimes. Um, it was just becoming harder and harder to live his lifestyle, to live his life. And he and I caught up about two, three years into this diagnosis of him living with it. At that time, his then fiance was now his wife, and they had a little baby boy. And I was working for an organization back then that worked and talked to people, counseled people through difficult times in life. So when Chad and I got together a few years after college, it wasn't just to hang out and catch up. No, Chad was going through some stuff. And he wanted some help. And my job was going to be to try to help him through the difficult circumstance that he was going through. But the first time we got together, the first question he asked me was, what if I have nothing to thank God for? And that was a very, very tough question. You see, we were sitting in a coffee shop. I was trying to be all positive and optimistic, and I was going to try to have a really good meeting because I wanted to get to know him a little bit better. But the first thing he threw at me was, what if there's nothing to be grateful for with my condition? Not only was Chad struggling with MS, he had lost his job because of it. He could no longer work. And at that time, when I met up him a few years after college, he and his wife were having a very, very difficult time because she was being overwhelmed as a caretaker for the disease. And that's perfectly understandable, but they were having a very difficult time. They weren't sure how they were gonna make their bills. They weren't sure how they were gonna provide for their new baby boy. And Chad was looking at me across a coffee table and saying, what if there is nothing to be grateful for? And I was like 24 years old and I had no idea how to respond to that question. So immediately what I went to was maybe what we all go to. I tried to look for a silver lining, any type of positive alternate reality, anything that I could come up with to swing this, to switch this, to spin this, and make it seem like it could be better than what it is. And I went to this verse when I was talking to Chad, it was in Romans 8:28, and it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Not sure if you heard that verse before, but I absolutely believe that verse. We all do. God works things together for good. He will always work things together for good for those who love him. And I tried to explain to Chad, you know, you might have this condition now. That might be something you have to live with for the rest of your life. But God's plan in your life is not over. Your story is not done yet. And Chad didn't buy it. I tried to make it look really positive. I tried to give it as much of a silver lining as I could but he wasn't buying it. We got done with that meeting and I was super depressed. I felt like I had failed. I felt like I had let him down. And I went back and I talked to my boss about it because I, I, I didn't have a good answer. What if nothing is good to be grateful for? I couldn't answer his question. And I went back to my boss and we talked about it for a while. And he told me to study a couple of different areas in scripture and he also told me to study a couple of different areas in psychology and counseling. And it took me about a week or so, but I was going to get back together with Chad. I wasn't going to give up on this situation. So it took me about a week, and I called him back up, and I said, hey, I know that we didn't quite see eye to eye at our last meeting. I know that you didn't quite feel like you left with any type of answers, but I want to continue this relationship. I really want to continue this conversation with you. Would you give me a second chance to get back together? And Chad sure did. 
I was so appreciative of that. During that week of preparation, I kind of went back and I looked up some words and I tried to figure out what does grateful really mean? Well, if you look at the definition of grateful, it's appreciative of benefits received. Thankful, which is a synonym of it, expressing gratitude, relief, or appreciation for a desired outcome. So I was using words like grateful and thankful when I was talking to Chad, but in my preparation for that second meeting, I knew that those words were not cutting it. Because according to those English definitions, Chad really didn't have anything to be thankful for. In that moment in his life, he could not be appreciative of any outcome. And he was not appreciative or grateful for any benefits received because he hadn't received any benefits at all. I realized that being thankful for Chad wasn't going to cut it. I had to find something new. I had to come from a new angle. I had to find something in the Bible that went beyond just being grateful, just being thankful. And my boss and I, we worked on this several, several times. We were talking back and forth every single day of the week, trying to figure out what can we tell Chad to give him hope, but to help him realize that maybe life isn't all about just being grateful. Maybe there's something more to it. And my boss sent me to Psalm 50, verses 14 and 15, and then also verse 23. And we're going to read through that together this morning. First time I read through it, trying to find something that I could share with Chad, it says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I shall rescue you, and you will honor me. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. I'd never heard of that before, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. To think about giving thanks as a sacrifice. I had never come to terms with that before. I'd never really thought about that before. But when I thought about Chad's situation, I realized that he could still give thanks, but that does not necessarily mean that he has to be thankful. And that's what I was going to go to him in that meeting with. Second meeting, I was going to sit down, I was going to say, Chad, I think I have your answer. You can give thanks, but that does not mean that you necessarily have to be thankful. And he didn't believe me. He was like, explain what you're talking about. That doesn't make any sense at all. We went back to this verse when it's talking about a sacrifice of thanksgiving that you can give to God. Well, what is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is something that you give with no expectation of getting anything in return. When we tithe on a Sunday morning, when you donate to any charity, when you give of your time freely, you are giving something with no expectation of a return. Well, I was trying to explain to Chad, hey, guess what? You can do that with your thankful heart. You can give thanks sacrificially. We went to another verse to kind of back it up. It's in Psalm 116, verse 17. And it says, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. And we're talking, we're trying to get through these different verses. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And fortunately for me, in that moment, we were sitting at a lapeep together having breakfast. And Chad's light bulb kind of started going off. He was like, okay, I think I get it. But we're having this conversation. And in the middle of the conversation, he has an episode. And his body just goes limp. I had to carry him out of the restaurant, 
to my car and I had to drive him home. Then I called his wife, had somebody come out to the restaurant to pick up his car and come home. And you know what I realized? I realized how extreme his situation really was. I realized that this man was dealing with something that was life-threatening and it was definitely life-altering. And I was trying to explain a theological concept to someone, but I didn't have an appreciation for what he was going through. I thought we were getting a breakthrough, but you know what happened to me that day? I realized how serious Chad's situation was. And after that second meeting at La Peep, when he had an episode where he had to be carried out of a restaurant, I realized how serious the situation was, and I desperately wanted to help Chad. And I decided, and I prayed about it, and I felt that God was telling me, give thanks as an offering is Chad's answer. So I went back and I started studying again, called him up the day after, said, I'm so sorry for what happened. I'm so glad that I was able to be there and we could work this out together. Would you be willing to get together a third time? He says, yeah, I want to talk more about the sacrifice. I've never heard about a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. I want to hear more about that. We got together a third time, got together a fourth time. At that point, we were starting to get together on a regular basis. And we kept talking about this giving thanks as a sacrifice. You see, what we were learning together, him and I, because I was learning it right along with him, is that we can shift our focus from us to God. And when we give thanks in a sacrificial way, we are shifting our focus from us to God. And Chad and I were learning that together. See, I had grown up in my young adult life at that point. I had thought that being thankful was exactly what everyone else thinks, being grateful for benefits received. Who is the focus of that statement? It'd be me. It's not a bad thing. It's not a selfish thing. But the reality is, it's self-centered. If you're going to be a grateful person, that means you are going to be thankful for the benefits in life that you've received, the blessings that God has given you. And that's a good, good thing. But sometimes that's an incomplete thing because sometimes there will come a moment where you have to ask the question, is there anything to be grateful for? And having a self-centered focus will not answer that question. For Chad, he was in that moment. He realized that there was nothing for him to be thankful for with his disease. There was nothing for him to be thankful for with losing his job and their income. There was nothing for him to be thankful for with the problems that they were having in their marriage. But he was shifting his focus. And as we met week after week after week, we were learning together that we could give thanks to God without having to be thankful. And slowly, his heart was shifting from focused on him to focused on God. And slowly but surely, he started giving away thanksgiving as a sacrifice. We would pray every single time Chad and I got together, and his prayers would shift from God, help me, help me, help me, make my life better, to God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being the control of the universe. Thank you for making me. Thank you for giving me a wife. Thank you for giving me a child. His, shift, his focus shifted. And I got a front row seat watching someone's heart transform from being thankful, which is always good, to giving thanks, which in my opinion is better. We got together, I think like I mentioned, probably for a few months. And when we finished up our times together, I shared a story with him, and I'd like to share that with you now. But the story is about a man that lived in the 19th century. Uh, his name was Horatio. 
which I'm so glad that's not my name, but his name was Horatio, so good for him. And Horatio was a, a prominent lawyer. He lived in Chicago. Um, he lived around the time of the Chicago Fire. I don't know if anyone's familiar with their history, but around 1871, massive Chicago Fire, burned down everything. They had to rebuild everything, in case you're wondering. That's why they call it the second city, because it was built on top of the first city. There's some trivia for you. Good luck with Jeopardy next week. But Horatio lived during the Chicago Fire, and he was a pretty prominent lawyer. Well, his firm burned down in the fire. But he rebuilt it. He kept a positive attitude. Two years later, after the fire in 1871, his family traveled over to the UK, traveled over to England. Sadly, on that trip, he wasn't able to go with them because of business, but his wife and his four daughters died in a shipwreck while going to England. His wife survived. She was picked up by a frigate. She came back. She found him, but she went into a deep depression because she lost her four girls. And there Horatio was, a man trying to rebuild his business after losing everything in a fire, and then on top of that, losing his four girls and having a wife that was not able to cope with the loss. And in those dark, dark moments, Horatio decided that he was going to start writing. You see, Horatio was a very, very devout Christian. He was an elder in his church, which happened to be a Presbyterian church. And he believed that there was a reason behind this. So he started writing. Horatio was able to shift his focus. He realized that, yes, everything in his life he could be thankful for, but at that moment in his life, there was nothing to be thankful for, and that wasn't going to be good enough for him. So he realized that he could give thanks sacrificially without needing anything in return. And he wrote a song that we sing to this very day. The song that Horatio Spafford wrote is called It Is Well, one of the most powerful hymns that you'll ever hear. And I shared this story with Chad as we were finishing up our time together after two months of getting together, and his eyes opened up, and he realized, you know what? If one man could do it after losing his entire family and his livelihood, then I can absolutely do it with this disease. I'm so excited to let you guys know that to this day, Chad is one of the happiest people that I've ever met. He's got a huge smile on his face every single time I see him. He'll talk your leg off, easily talking half an hour to an hour on the phone. That's no problem for Chad because he's got so much joy in his heart. And I, I tell you what, after six years of that conversation, those two months of working through heart issues with Chad, he's still an extremely joyful man. And every single time Chad and I get together, every single time we talk on the phone, he says, you know what, today I'm giving thanks. I may not be thankful today, but I am giving thanks. I haven't forgotten. Horatio Spafford figured out how to give thanks to God sacrificially. He wrote a hymn about it. It's called It As Well. Chad, a friend of mine, figured out how to give thanks to God sacrificially without expecting anything in return. And he is one of the most joyful people that I know to this day. And I bring all this to you guys this morning because I believe that we have a hard time in our culture, a hard time in our church, not just this church, but the American church, where we get focused so much on ourselves and we become so grateful and so, so thankful for the blessings that we've received that we have never had conversations about the sacrifice that is giving thanks. And we have never experienced the joy that can come from sacrificially giving thanks to God despite the circumstances. 
I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up here. They're going to play a song for us. As they're doing that, I got some questions for you. Question number one, are you stuck looking for silver linings? I'm not sure if you've ever been in a situation like I'm describing. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself the question, what do I have to be grateful for? I I pray that you'll never experience that. But if that's you, are you constantly looking for silver linings? Because that's been me for most of my life, always trying to spin things so that I can find the silver lining in it. Question number two, are you giving thanks or just thankful for what you have? Maybe for the first time today, because that was the first time for me way back when, when I figured it out. For the first time today, you're hearing that, hey, I can give a sacrifice to God. There's another sacrifice I can give him, not just my time, not just my money, not just my love for other people, but I can give God a sacrifice of thanks. Have you ever given God thanksgiving as a sacrifice, or are you stuck just being thankful for what you have? Once again, being thankful is good. It's biblical. We talked about that. But sometimes it's incomplete because it focuses on yourself. Are you stuck just being thankful, or are you giving thanks as a sacrifice every single day? And the last question I had, if your situation doesn't change, whatever that situation is, I have no idea what it could be. But God does. If your situation doesn't change, is God still worthy of your gratitude? When Chad and I were having our conversations back and forth, we were trying to figure this stuff out together. That was the question I would always land on. Week after week, hey, Chad, if your situation doesn't change, if your struggles with your marriage continue, if your problems with your MS continue, if you still can't find a job, is God still worthy of your gratitude? And week after week, we would fight through that because he was not able to answer yes for months because he was so mad at God, he was so mad at the situation that he couldn't look at me honestly and say, yes, God is worthy of my gratitude regardless of my circumstances. Thank God he was able to get through that. But this morning, whatever situation you're going through does not matter, and I don't need to know. But is God worthy of your gratefulness? Is he worthy of your gratitude? Let's think about those three questions as we finish out with a song together.